Ugh, I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Ally Colbert Show. Back to the Ali Colbert Show. Welcome back. We have an amazing episode today with Nicole Amy Schreiber. Schreiber. That must be a German last name. I didn't ask her. Schreiber the Jews. Thanks for joining us, you guys. I'm happy to have you here. We're on a roll. So, so I thought I'd like, is it crazy if I take a voicemail? Is that crazy? Here we go. Hey, Allie. I uh, love the pod. I just had a question. I was curious if you felt like a lot of your relationship problems kind of resolved once you started dating women. I've never been in a relationship with a woman. I'm 39 years old. I'd love to get married. And I just can't tell if I have relationship OCD or if I just need to be in a relationship with a woman. I'm not. I'm getting just not in a good place with the boyfriend I've had for three months. So I hope you can um, shed any light. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Okay. Relationship problems are not resolving when you date women. That's like, that's like saying why do, why do straight guys and straight women have relationship problems and they're dating women? No. There's, trust me, I'm a lesbian. I love women, but I also can't stand women. They, they're going to give you just as many problems as men. They might be better communicating about it, but they are still highly problematic. And tons of them can't communicate. So I don't think it's that relationship problems are going to be solved. But what there is to solve is if you find yourself attracted to women and wanting to be in a relationship with a woman, you get to answer that by dating a woman. But the problems, <laughs> don't you worry. We got plenty for you over here. Tons of problems. Tons of problems. But look, if you have the whisper, if you have the, the Glennon Doyle whisper, follow the whisper. If you're curious, if you're in a relationship with a man, you keep going, oh, should I date a woman? I don't think your problems will go away, but you're certainly listening to a voice in you that I think anytime you hear that little voice, we listen. We listen to the little voice, the little voice in the back of our heads that's telling you it's wrong. That voice is right. Okay. You guys... Today, it's a very fun episode with Nicole Amy Schreiber, and we talk about, we, I take a phone call with my Jewish, Jewish grandmother. We talk what we love about sex, the beauty of the female body. Nicole had a gay scare. What happens when dicks are too big? We talk devastating breakups, having babies, being a single mom. Neither of us are single moms, but we talk about people we know who have single moms and all the single moms in our life that we love and admire and respect. Talk about sitting with discomfort. It's a great episode. And big news for the Allie Colbert Show. You guys, we have been bought by Spotify for $50 million. That's correct, $50 million. Spotify has purchased the podcast. So what does that mean for you, right? What does that mean? It means that the show's going to have a new name and that it's going to be now coming out on Wednesdays, okay? So the show's going to come out Wednesdays, September 27th, the new show name. I kind of want to make it a surprise for you, but I also feel like I got to tell you so that you can find it. Okay, so I'm deliberating if I'm going to reveal the name. I'll probably reveal it next week. I'll uh, I'll put up a little intro with all the info and the name of the show and who our pilot guests are. But it's going to be this show. It's just going to be bigger and badder with Spotify behind us. You can listen to the show everywhere you listen, but on Spotify you can also watch the video if that's your thing. 
I'm really fucking excited. Like the shows, Colbertos, we're moving on up in the world. So enjoy, enjoy, enjoy this episode with Nicole. Thank you for being a part of the Ali Colbert show and the journey, the journey, you guys, the journey's just beginning. Love you, Colbertos. You know what's interesting to me about, like, you're such a horny lady. Uh Uh-huh. It's so funny. Everyone says that I'm horny and I'm like, when are they experiencing me as horny? I'm just talking about sex a lot or... I I just can tell because I'm a horny lady like every guy I've ever been with is like you are far hornier than any woman I've ever met yeah and I get my energy from you <laughs> you get your horny energy from no me? like I under I'm <laughs> seeing it in you I'm like game recognize game I'm so like paralyzingly horny mm. why do you say paralyzingly it because it feels almost like a handicap now when you <sighs> say you're horny is it that you want because there's, I feel like there's a couple aspects of horniness. There's there's the aspect of like, I really, I need to come. Like, I have to come. Like, do you masturbate a lot? I masturbate a lot. But if I'm like having a lot of sex, I will, I can masturbate less. But mm-hmm. I view masturbation totally separate from sex. Like when people are like, why would you masturbate? We're fucking. It's like, that's like a different, that's like playing Sudoku, like Sudoku or whatever. Yeah. It's like, that's completely separate from like this game of pool we have going. I also enjoy, you know, yeah. checking off these boxes. So it's funny. I, if I'm having sex, I won't masturbate at all. Cause you want to build it up. It's like, yeah, it's like the whole, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to scratch an itch. No, I'm doing that now. Yeah. I'm doing that now. But there's a nature to like, I am having a lot of sex right now. Uh huh. And the sex I'm having has like an addictive energy to it. Uh huh. Where like it's really great and fulfilling. And then there's like a, big ocean of emptiness that I then like have to chase it again what's your favorite thing about sex I have no one's ever asked me that what is my favorite thing about sex is probably my immediate the sex I find the most enjoyable is when the other person is have is in so much pleasure then I have pleasure yeah is that code that's codependent of me though I think it is codependent but it's also like but what is it that you love about sex like your physical experience of sex I just love touch like if some if I'm attracted to someone uh-huh. to be able to just like be all in their business. Yeah. Like to touch someone else's body and yeah. like be skin to skin contact. What's your favorite thing about the female body? Um <laughs> this is what I love when you come on the show. The favorite my favorite thing about the female body. Yeah. Oh my god, I mean I love breasts i love a tight little pussy what do you love about breasts what is it about the breasts oh i mean i love i just love i love how women look in like t-shirts that are like tight i like i love them i love them in my hands in my mouth on toast on toast oh i love titty toast (laughs) oh there's nothing that starts the day better than a titty toast on toast in a boat by the way glycemic index friendly um titty toast i love I love when women are get wet and you feel like I am just so in love with women. Like yeah. I just I think about it constantly. Like I I'm like honestly I should go to a salon meeting. Like I look at women and I'm like I just some women just completely destroy me. Um do you like natural boobs? Do you like fake boobs? Do you like boobs? Do you like the way boob I love the way boobs sit. That's my thing. Like, like, I love, like, the sit of a boob. Oh, it's, it's, say more. Speak to that more, please. Like, just, like, I, I like, 
The hang. The hang. That's one of the things, like, if you want fake breasts, go for it. Yeah. It, you live your best life. If that makes you happy, great. But there's something about the hang of a natural boob. Oh, it's gorgeous. Like, I like it when the skin, like, hang, like, when the boob hangs on the body a little bit. Like, I don't want boobs to be too high beam. Okay, so I have hanging boobs. Yeah. And I feel like because of that, I'm, like, looking for more of, like, a high beam boob. Because um, sometimes I think my boobs are so, and I know this sounds weird because like people don't see me as having big boobs, but I do have, have. Yeah, oh my I god, have you have thirty-two double tit. D's. That's a fucking titty, Jesus Christ. Okay, and I've had a breast reduction. Have you really? Yes, I had like thirty-two like size H boobs. Come here. That's a fucking. You have a fucking tit. I know. I have huge. You've got. You've got tits. I know, and sometimes it like. I've talked about this before in here. Like, it feels like out of alignment for my personality that I have, like, these big boobs. Because I feel kind of, like, in my sexuality, a little bit more masculine. But I do like having boobs. I think they're hot. I, I, I've I always found, like, your, your brand of femininity to be so, like, uniquely yours. Like, you're just so, like, you do have a kind of, like, a tomboy quality to you. But you're also, like, so, like, like tiny and feminine. I know. I'm so confused by it. It's so great, though. It's like it's what makes you so you. And it's like it's it's just fabulous. But like big but like you having big boobs is kind of like, <laughs> whoa, I that was a sleeper cell. I didn't see that. I, I didn't see that happening. So I did. I used to do roasts mm -hmm. and one someone was roasting me once for having small tits yeah. on stage. Uh, tell but, me you got a titty out. Oh, he so he must have just. He didn't. We didn't meet in person. He just saw me, and I cut. I don't. Yeah. I don't cleavage tit forward, yeah, yeah. and so he was saying, you know, Allie has no tits. Da, da, da. So I lift, took my shirt off uh -huh. on stage. Obviously, oh, brilliant, brilliant. And everyone just lost it. Yeah. I, I mean, I was in I a bra. I would have absolutely. I like walked out of the room dying. Like, but it was just like you. You know, it, people don't see me as having breasts. Yeah, you definitely. Okay. You definitely hide them. If I had big boobs, oh my Do you god, not? I would. Nah, it's, it's a it's a it's a thirty two C, but it's That's not a like perfect. But perfect I have size. I have um, I have such a long torso that my boobs literally are in the middle of my chest. So my boobs sit very low on my body. So it looks Meaning like, like on your stomach. They're like my boobs are like. I mean, they're just they're. That's it, where they should be. It, it's the sort of thing where it's like. If I do the thing where I like pull my boobs up like that, I'm like, oh, that would be nice if they were higher. I think but, that too. But my boobs are just, that's just, as, this is just where they've always sat. I think there's um, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Bo boobs are such an interesting, um, they really are very different. Now, now n let's go to vaginas really quickly yeah. because you were like, I like a nice tight pussy. Yeah. People get upset when I say that. But let's talk about what tight is to you. So there's, there's, you know, like the... Labia majora, minora, you know, the clit, the clitoral hood, like, like, what are we talking? Like, what part of it do you want to be tight? Like the hole, the opening? Like, do you want like all the, the, oh. the, the skin to be high and tight? So I know that this is like a male gaze perception of what a pussy should be. Mm -hmm. That's like how I've learned about like what, a, what is a hot pussy would be like, you know, it's. You, you're not seeing so much of like that it doesn't have the sort of sandwich falling out quality mm -hmm. to it, which I realize is like a sexist. By the way, there there are people who like require that that like that. There are men that are just like, oh, my God, I love like 
Okay. I, I, I don't hate I, I don't hate it. Like everyone's pussy looks different, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think more so when I'm fingering a girl, mm-hmm. if the I feel like I'm able to like fill them up more as opposed to when their pussy's like bigger or like yeah. whatever. And that makes me feel more like competent and powerful. Uh-huh. And I I mean, I don't think they're less satisfied, but like you know, I'm not wor- like pe- I can be as penetrative as I can be. I don't know. Yeah. Like I fucked girls before where they're like, I need more than that, and then yeah. you gotta like recruit a strap on, and it's like that gets exhausting. Yeah. Like, I want someone who's satisfied with just me. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that w- would make it hard for me to be a lesbian is like I need like large penis. Do you really? Yeah. What if you're out of penis for like a few years? Does it like do you not? Because sometimes if you take a break from dick. I mean, your pussy, like, it opens up when you're, like, you know, you become engorged when you're aroused. So if you haven't had sex for a little, maybe a finger is enough being fingered. Maybe. Entirely possible. You know, the longest I've gone without having sex, I I went once two years. Holy fuck. I went, I I took a two-year break. You took a two-year, oh, so you really had a problem. But then I remember I did a comedy festival in um, New Orleans, and there was a comic there. Um, this was like 2017, maybe 2018. And there was this comic there and, you know, he was like being flirty with me and I was like, eh, I, don't fucking, I don't care. Um, and then he was like, you should come back to my place on the last night. I was like, yeah, I was like, I haven't really like had sex in like two years. Like, I don't really, it doesn't really, I don't really care. Yeah. And he's like, no, just come back. We'll have fun. It'll like, we, we don't need to have sex. We'll just like, it'll be a fun time. Wait, let, like, let me put a pin in this quickly and just mm-hmm. ask what was the intention of the two years so I can get into your mindset? I, was it oh an God. accident or was so, it was no, no, no. It started off as like, I need to figure my shit out. So I, I think I told you about this. I went to a bar in San Diego. I did a bar show in San Diego and I met a woman. Yes. This is, I don't think we talked about this on the pod. Yeah. So I I'm going to bring us back to that story. Don't worry guys. But so I met this woman and she kind of just like, it just really threw me. And I drove home from San Diego crying. I called Scout Durwood and I was like, Scout, I was like, I think I'm gay. And she's like, it's okay. She's like, you don't need to cry about it. She's like. You know, but go home. She's like, S- go on the apps, switch over to lesbian, like, see what happens. She was at your show, this girl. No, the so this girl was at my show in San right. Diego. Yeah, and you guys hooked up, and we made out at the we made out at the bar, and she came up to me after this my set, and she was like, "I love you," and I was like, "Thanks." I'm like, you know, come out. I'm in San Diego all the time for shows. Come out. She's like, "No, no, no I love you, love you," and I was like, "Oh, I'm not gay," and she's like, "I don't care," and I was like. Uh, okay and so then we just like hung out at the bar after the show talking and I was like all right I have to head back to LA and she's like I'm not letting you leave until I kiss you goodbye and I was like okay (laughs) and then we just started making out and I was like oh this was like it was like one of those kisses where you're just like I've never felt so understood yeah yeah that's such a beautiful thing yeah and I was just like oh this is like so tender so beautiful so understanding yeah so connected um that upends you and that just fucked me up mm-hmm. because I was driving back to Los Angeles thinking, oh, my God, this is why I've never had a successful relationship with a man no. because I'm gay. Yeah. Like, I, it's just I, the, it was never it was never going to work. It was never going to work for me with a man because I'm supposed to be with a woman. And then I went on the apps and I connected with no one, literally not one person. And Scout was like. She's like, you know, there's gay women who don't want to be with a straight woman who's figuring it out. She's like, and then there are 
gay women who do want to be with a straight woman who's trying to figure it out. She's like, and usually that's like a gold star lesbian because it's just like it's like a fun challenge for them. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't care one way or the other. Um, She's like, you need to find someone who's like gold star gay and like hook up with them. Anywho, and then it just like didn't happen. And then I met this guy at the festival and I wasn't even planning on hooking up with him. And we were like making out. And then I like felt his dick over his pants. And it was a huge, I mean, a huge dick. And I was just like, I would like to try that. Doesn't that intimidate you when it's so big? No. Really? You're not one of those girls that's like, you know, women. That is like that actually is like offensive how big it is. It's hurting me. It wasn't that big. I've been with a dick that big, and it's like it's like more like well, challenge accepted. Let's see what let's see what we can do. People always want a big dick, but I'm like, you don't want it to be so big, then it's you don't want a dick that's so big that you can't have sex with it regularly. Like I've been with a guy who had a dick that big, and I we we were together for like a few months. We didn't even see each other that often because it was like during the pandemic, and but- you had to recover. Yeah, the recovery is like you. I, if I have sex with you like one night, you know, and then again in the morning, like I'm gonna need a week minimum before I see you. Like it was, it was ridiculously large. That's a problem. That's a problem. What do those guys do? He's a he's a normal guy who exists in the world. Um, I mean, he's not normal. He's insane, but you know, he should be in porn. Like, if you're that big, if you're that, if your penis is that substantial. How big? It's a significant penis. That looks really painful to me. It was, it was, there were moments where it was like, okay, but I was like, this can't go on. I, I mean, feel like I'm dying. you can do a bunch of positions with that. No, no. You can do one, maybe if no. you're in control. You could, no. you could be on top, so you can control the pain. Yeah. That I mean, sounds that, that was, that was, it was, it was, it was, I don't even like I keep that, that on my phone broke... just because it's funny to me. That was how you broke your two years with that? No, that was a different one. The one I broke my two years with was a guy who was just like, you know. So he says, come back to my place. He says, come back to my place. We had He had gotten an Airbnb and went back there and we were making out. And I like, you know, touched his dick over his pants. And I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. I should, I should sample that. And, uh, yeah, I did. And then, you know, and then. Over the course of the maybe like a year and a half, you know, anytime I was in New York or he was in L.A., we'd hook up. You know who he is. I'm, I'll, I'll tell you after the pod. Okay. N- nice guy with a good with a good dick. But so you went through a breakup. Yeah, I went through a breakup. A devastating. Well, breakup. I went through a few. Like I broke the guy who I'm currently with. We have we had broken up twice before this. This is our th- we're this we're on our third, third round in the ring. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Whoa. So wait, yeah. how many months is it then break up? So we were together. <laughs> we were together uh, three months, broke up for like a month and a half, got back together, did maybe three and a half, close to four months, and then broke up again for like almost four months. And now we're back together again. What is the reason that you guys break up? So when we met, he had just gotten out of a relationship and he just wasn't ready to be in one. And when we met, you know, it was very much like, you know, he was just like getting, getting his feet wet. Is that what it is? Yeah. Just like getting out there a little bit. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he was like, oh, this will just be a rebound thing. It'll be a fun thing. Yeah. And then he was like, he was like, you're just really great. You know, Mm -hmm. he's like, you're you're so much more than a rebound and you know it was like we did about three months together and I just like could tell 
he wasn't like fully in it. And of course I was like, Hey, this, I feel like this isn't working for you. And that's, that's when he broke up with me. Cause he was like, yeah, I'm just not ready to be in a relationship. And that, that was also the guy who was like, I feel like you would make a bad mom. He didn't say it in those specific words, but like he questioned my motherly abilities based on the way I yell at my dog. I knew the dog was going to be involved. Yeah. Are you trying to be a mom? I would love to be a mom. I didn't realize that you were trying to be a mom. I did ayahuasca and then I realized I wanted to be a mom. Oh, God, Nicole. I haven't spoken. We Last we spoke, we were talking about ayahuasca in the car. It was you, me, and Julian. Mm -hmm. That's the last time I remember like a hang. It was Mm -hmm. after we won our... Yeah. Culture court. Fucking yeah. But we had been talking about ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. And so you've done it since? Uh, I don't think. No, I haven't done it since. I'm going in October. I'm doing it again in October. Wait, I'm trying to do it. you got to connect me with the people. All right. I'll connect you with my guy. Yeah. So you had an awakening that you want to be a mother. Can you place me? I just like to know the age, main, not to judge you as a human, but I like to know where you are in your motherhood journey. I'm older. 37, 38? Is that what you said? Sure. I'm older. Okay. Yeah. There's many paths to motherhood. Many paths to motherhood. I just feel like the physical having of a baby. You want to be pregnant. So so here's here's the thing I realized when I was on ayahuasca. Yes, tell me. Are you a person who's curious about our existence on this earth? Of course. Because some people aren't. Some Mm -hmm. people are like, I don't care why we're here. Like I'm like, why 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 this? Yes. Why this journey? Why this life? Why why all of the things? If everything that was meant to happen, if like you know, if our higher power has, you know, s- things in store for us have already been, like, determined, like, why? Right. So what if, in order to understand why we are here on this earth, what if the best way to figure out why something is on this earth is to bring something to this earth? What if the fact that our bodies are portals to this earth, we make life in our body? What if the information that can come to us while we're pregnant, while we're, you know, creating life in our body, while we like birth life out of our body and then sustain that life with our body? What if that experience, what if that journey there, what if that has all all the information and the secrets that we've been missing? What if that has information that we need? Can I push back on it? Mm-hmm. Well, the only thing that troubles me about that mm-hmm. is what I'm hearing is if I have a child, I might be able to answer the purpose of my life. Yeah. And that is a lot to put on a child. No, 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 no. It's not the child. It's, it's, I'm not saying like, this is the only way to figure it out. Yeah. But like, what if it's part of the equation? I mean, there will be information in that journey. Sure. Yeah. And so I just want that. I want that information. But I where's want that- the child raising piece of it. There's that too. Oh, there's a thousand percent that too. There's, right. you know, like. You know, helping helping another, uh, helping the life you created in your body, like, have a life. Like, that is, like, I don't know. I mean, I've always, it's so funny to me when he said I he that he thought I would make a bad mom because no one in my life, there's never been one person in my life who would ever say that. No, I would, I would N- absolutely not say N- that. Never in a million years. No, like, my experience of you mm-hmm. is... So fucking thoughtful, so yeah. fucking nurturing, yeah. passionate. Yeah. You are constantly, consistently lifting other people up Thanks. just so that they can shine. By the way, that's, that is something, that is a reason my friend, um, 
this girl Chelsea Shanders, she's gay. She um she told me I go because so many people think I'm gay. She's like people think you're gay. She's like because the way you uplift other women, yeah. people cannot conceive that a woman would do that for another woman unless she's gay. She's like the way you love and show up for women. It's unbelievable. It almost seems gay. Yeah, and you're—it's so true because it's like you're not trying to fuck me, no, and you're not trying to get something for yourself, no. You're not trying to like social climb, mm-hmm. career climb. Yeah. You just see other people's light and mm-hmm. you like recognize it, yeah. and everyone's like, "Well, what's that about?" Yeah. But so I don't—I think that motherhood take is bad. Maybe that was coming from. It was coming from a place of he was scared, blah yeah, blah blah, whatever. Sure. He has since like redacted that, you know, a million times and been and like, knocked you up. And I'm pregnant right now. Um, uh, God, I wish. Uh, but yeah, he was like, no, 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 no. You would make like an, like it's, it is, it is, it is something that I've always like pushed out of my mind because of comedy, mm-hmm. you know, and the world that we live in. Like you were, we've never been taught we can have it all. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't raised like you can be a career woman and the greatest mother ever. It's just like it's got to be one or the other, you know. And yeah. for comedy, it, it I was like, I was like, all right, all I care about is comedy. And then the pandemic happened, and that's when that part of my brain started to open up, where it was like, okay, comedy is great. Comedy is really important. It's like it's it's part of my my journey in this world as well. But I feel like I was put on this earth to be a mom, and it wow. took me a long time to really figure that out. And this was the awareness, this was the breakthrough you had just on your last ayahuasca journey? It took me, it took me two times of doing, going away and doing ayahuasca. So I did ayahuasca four times. After four times of doing ayahuasca, after four days, four different days of taking ayahuasca medicine for the, for a whole day, that's when I realized it. Holy fuck. And are you interested in being a mom regardless of, you know, your partner status? No, I, I don't want to be a I don't want to be a mom, just a single mom. I believe it. I have to do it with someone that is. I, I feel believe like that's, a child should be raised by a man and a woman. I mean, I mean, if it wants you, if it can, if it's two <laughs> women, fine. But like, I mean, maybe you do believe that you can be gay and believe that. No, I, I don't. I think that I think that I think that there's a, honestly most men I love are the children of single mothers. Mm-hmm. I think that being a single mom must be super Absolutely. fucking challenging absolutely no question about it the best men were raised by single moms yeah the best men were that? raised by par- either parents who were divorced yeah or a completely absent dad but parents who were divorced and they spend more time with their mom uh, they're the best men in the because world because you literally watch a woman fight the world yeah they're in they're you amazing. watch her not only fight the world but you watch her fight the world for you it's incredible you i'm getting chills like there's nothing there is no one on this earth more powerful than a single mom no one my father is like the best man in the world Mm -hmm. i'm feel so fucking blessed that i feel that way about my dad Mm -hmm. his mother worked a hundred jobs for him and his three brothers and his dad rest in peace abandoned him gave him no money was not there at all they i mean and my dad, it, it, it informs how he shows up in relation to other people. That yeah. he was raised by a woman who worked her fucking ass off. Yeah. I mean, it just is. And the guys that I know that are douchebags, mm-hmm. this is a big blanket statement. Mm-hmm. Their fathers were around and they watched them be fucking douchebags. Yeah. And they, they learned it from their dads. They, they were enabled by shitty people. Yeah. Women don't, don't, when it comes to like their children, like if a woman sees their child... Being anything less what they think is like perfect, like 
they step up. They they say something. Like, I think mothers are truly, like, the most incredible people. Oh, God. Like, I, there I mean, is nothing harder than being a mom. Nothing. I, and then uh, putting on top of it working. Like, if you're like, my, my, my grandma worked a million jobs to support three kids. Like, that's... Four boys! So it's like, not only was she doing the providing that, like, typically, you know, in a, in a you know, in a nuclear family, like a, a, a father would do... But it's she was doing it. She was doing it and teaching them values and showing up for them as humans and teaching them lessons like all of that at the same time. And there were plenty of fuck ups, by the way. But I mean, a mother who is more relentless in their love? No one. Than a mother. No one knows unconditional love more than a mother. No one in this no one on planet Earth will ever fucking love you more than your mother. No, no one. Not a chance. Although I will say that my father like. I he literally I was like the air that he he breathed like my dad my dad like my dad loved my mom and loved my brother so much but like I was like I was like the thing on this earth that where my dad was like this is the thing that gives me meaning as my daughter I feel that way from from my father yeah. as well like my dad I don't I don't think if I died while my dad was still alive I think he would have just killed himself I don't think my dad could live on this earth without me there's some I mean that's tragic but it's also yeah. incredibly beautiful. Yeah. And my dad I mean did your father always want to have children? I don't know. I don't think he did. I think it was just one of those things where my mom really wanted kids and my dad was like, "Oh, well, fucking okay, fine. I guess this is what we do. This is life, you know. You just have kids and like, you know, it was like the 80s, 90s. Like that's just like yeah. what you did. And do you think he saw himself in you and thousand percent. And that delighted him. Delighted him. So when my dad died, I spoke to my uncle, my dad's brother. They were estranged for a while. So anyways, my uncle and I reconnected after my dad died. And my uncle was telling me these stories about my dad. He's like, Your dad was just a weird kid. He was just a weirdo. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he would tell me about all these things that my dad would do. And I was like, Oh, that's why my dad loved me. Yeah. Because my dad saw how weird I was and what like a like a little bit of like an outsider, but like also got along with everybody I was just like my dad yeah and I think when my dad saw me like you know I didn't go to medical school I didn't become a lawyer I wasn't an engineer like I was nothing that like typical Jewish kids were like right you know I was the black sheep of the family I was loud I was offensive I was crazy like he was just like that's my kid Uh uh-huh that's my kid oh my god and did your dad I don't know when your dad passed, but did he ever see you do comedy? No, he never saw me do comedy. He had Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Um, so he really, like, wasn't totally able to go to comedy clubs. Um, do you imagine he would have? Been- he probably would have been like, oh, boy, it's oh, so, filthy. <laughs> but, like, my dad was just like, my all my dad wanted is for me to be happy. That's literally all he's ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like, he doesn't care. If I told my dad that I would be happy murdering someone, he would be like, oh. Would it actually make you really happy? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, if you sh- if you're a hundred percent sure it would make you really happy, like, all right, just don't get caught. Like, he would just all that's all my dad wanted. That's, I I think that's what most parents, most yeah. good parents, yeah. I think most parents want that, but they're not always available to express that, or they have yeah. other stressors going on and they can't get through to that. But that's what is inside of them. Wanting How their often do you talk to your dad? Every day. How often do you talk to your mom? Every day. Do you, are you ever, do you ever talk to non-Jews, by the way, and ask them this question? No, but I would imagine they don't talk to their parents. Not at all. Not at all. And I do this, I'll do this joke when I, when I, when I do Jewish shows. Uh But I'm just like, non-Jews? 
when I'm like, when they're like, yeah, I talk to my mom once a month. I'm like, does your mom think you're dead? Yeah. Like if I didn't talk to my mom once a day, oh my God, she would be calling Cedar sinai She would be calling the morgue. She would be calling LAPD being like, there's a missing girl. Oh, I I couldn't agree more. That is so fucking, I haven't put that into words, but that is so perfect. I live next to this guy who's from Norway, Mm -hmm. Christian guy from Norway. And we were talking about our parents because I'm always on the phone with my dad and my mom in the morning because for some reason they're in New York. But the three hour time difference, I'll never catch them. But Same thing. Wake up in the morning, get it out of the way real quick because then you never know. You never know for the rest of the day. So, okay, exactly. I call them and then I talk to my Norwegian neighbor because I'm walking the dog and I get coffee. And I'm like, oh, I'm talking to my parents. He's like, what do you talk to them about every day? I'm like, we are not talking about anything. We're just saying I woke up today. And I'm like, how often do you talk to your parents? And he goes, I speak to my parents once every three weeks. Mm -hmm. They have like a phone call Mm -hmm. where they catch up on on like details in their life. My parents, the different, I have an emotional connection with them, but they have no idea what's going on with me. Same thing. So we have so much love. I don't really, they don't know what I'm up to. They don't know what I'm performing. They have no idea where I'm traveling, but there's so much love. We're so connected. Uh This guy calls his parents once a month. They know his itinerary and that he's going here and he went there and that he has plans to go to this wedding, but they probably have zero intel onto his emotional landscape. He would never cry to his parents. No, and I'm just hysterical. Hysterical all the time. And they don't know if I'm married, if I have kids. They just know what my emotions are like. Yeah, they will know if you're married married and have kids because it because is that making your emotion one way or the other right but that's it but like like my mom's whole thing is like you know are you making enough money are you you know this like she'll know my mom will know like my mom needs to know when I'm traveling because she needs to know like my mom's always like, "Will you call me as soon as you land I was like bitch if the plane if I don't land you're gonna hear about it oh yeah did did she call this morning about the hurricane this morning yeah I have heard from my mother 17 times yeah. in the past three days. She sends I have three me, missed calls. She, she thinks I'm dead links. right now. Yeah, for, for sure thinks you're dead. She sends me links, calls, and yesterday I was like, I just... She was she was calling all day long, and I would the guy who I'm seeing. I was like, I need to I need to pick up the phone. My mom's really worried right now. I my so my mom is good with you know she's she's a normal Jewish mom. My grandmother is insane. She's been trying to contact me since last night about the hurricane. I want to tell her I'm okay right now. Okay. I guess I'm sure she'll pick up. Oh, she'll. Where are you? Are you okay? Yeah. You okay? I live for the Jewishness. Live. She's. I hope she picks up. Come on. I mean, what could she be doing right now? She doesn't do much How now. Hi, Ellie. Hi. I just wanted to let you know that everything's fine from the hurricane. I'm so glad because they could scare the living crap out of you. I know. It was crazy, but it was totally fine. No damage, nothing. You didn't lose electricity or anything? Nope, we didn't lose electricity. It was rain, but everything is totally fine here. Oh, I'm so good. You're so nice to tell me that because you know I'm neurotic. I know, I know. I was knew you'd be worried about it last night. Were you worried at all? I, of course I was worried. When the, the news comes up and says it's going to Los Angeles and Hurricane Hillary is bad, and then it said it's going somewhere near Nevada, and then Sammy told me she's supposed to be going to Nevada this week. But I don't know if she is or not. I have no idea. Yeah, but we're all okay, so don't worry. I'm glad. You're the best in the world for telling me. I appreciate it. Okay, I love you. I'll talk to you later. I love you, too. I'm leaving now for that CAT scan on my test that I'm taking. Okay, I hope it's good results. <laughs> me, too. I'll keep your cat posted, honey. I love you. Zygazunt, love you. Thank you. Bye.
<laughs> I love that you just zygazunted. I love a zygazunt. Oh, now I got to go for my CAT scan, get my results. I mean, she is so. So that is another thing about Jews that is just like non-Jews, like do not get. Like we are, if there's a medical issue, it's in the open. Oh, I know about like, her no neighbor's quiet, medical issues. No one quietly has cancer. Uh, like, <laughs> like the fact that Norm MacDonald went his whole life telling no one he had cancer. I was like, oh, you're not Jewish. That is absolutely not an option if you're Jewish. Her neighbor is going in for a biopsy on Friday at 11 a.m. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know about it. I've never met never the met the neighbor in the world ever in life. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. how but she you're... catches up with uh-huh. me. She tells me the medical issues in her gated community mm-hmm. in Florida. Mm-hmm. Lillian's going in for a biopsy. She has something on her stomach. We don't know what it'll be, but she's going for the biopsy. I'm sitting by the window. Two ambulances have passed my window this morning, Allison. I'm going to have a heart attack living here. I live. This is everything I live for. Yeah. Do you? Are your grandparents dead? Everybody's super fucking dead. Were they? I'm sorry. Were they super neurotic when they were alive? You know, my grandma, she was interesting. She was pretty neurotic. Um, They were Canadian Jews, so they're a little different than American Jews. Yes, there's lots of different types of Jews. Yeah, yeah. Canadian Jews are a little more chill. Um, My grandma, my grandpa was always angry. Oof, that man was always angry. Oof, that's rough. He was always like, I'm going to take my belt off. I'm going to take my belt off. They're always hitting. That generation? Hits all the time. Hits. Well, my mom Hits fucking hit me all the time. Really? My oh, parents got time. hit with a belt constantly. My, my mom got hit with a belt coat hanger, wooden coat hanger. Oh, yeah. My mom got her ass handed to her. What? So when my they mom used to hit me, my mom, my mom would be like, my mom would be like, oh, you think this is bad? I used to get hit with a wooden coat hanger. This is nothing. I know. My and parents like, wow. had their their items that they were hit with that were named by their parents. Yeah. They'd be like, I'm going to get out brownie, the belt, the bl- yeah. brown oh, belt. Oh, Jesus. Something. Like something awful. Yeah. yeah. Um... Wait, I had something to say that I was just... Have you ever met a Jew that is like kind of like um, a waspy Jew? My mom. My mom's waspy. Okay, because that's what she I felt from the Canada She is typically Jew. Jewish, but she's she's definitely a little more waspy. Like, my mom doesn't do casual. Like, my mom's not casual. My mom is always dressed up. My mom's dressed that up like so she's waspy. going to a like, a like a shiksa country club. Okay, I dated a girl once, and the family was all shiksa Jews. Uh-huh. And it was the same. It was like, you know, you, you come in, there's hors d'oeuvres and cocktails. Yeah, that's my mother. Christians offer cocktails. Uh-huh. Jews offer food. My mom would offer both. My mom would be like, what do you want? You know, my mom. But it was everything was nice. Like, ev- like there was nothing. My mom doesn't leave the house with a fucking hair out of place. Oh, wow. Like fancy, like nice. Well, how did she get that way? She grew up poor and like saw rich people in Detroit and was like, I want to be like the rich people. Right. That just and seems so effortful to just. She's so, so my mom belonged to a non-Jewish country club. At, uh, no, my mom belonged to a Jewish country club at one point. Once I like left um, home. And she would always complain about it. She's like, everybody's in sweats. Everyone's in and in, in Lululemon. No one's. I mean, they pay they pay hundreds, you know, of thousands of dollars over a lifetime to go to this country club, and you know, no one's even dressed. I mean, my mom, you know, if my mom had her way, she would wear Chanel to sleep. Wow, that's amazing. Like she loves. She grew up poor. She's a self-made woman. She loves to spend her money on clothes. Mm-hmm. I can't tell my mother how to spend a fucking cent, but she is a very a very well-dressed woman. Yeah, there's my Julian's grandmother when she was in an old age home would always comment on how the women would dress going to the dining hall mm-hmm. and she would go, "I don't want to be a part of this schmata village." Her grandmother is my mother. 
Like I'm not. Well, look at the with the schmat with the gray fakakta. Yeah, what is this outfit? Fakakta, fakakta schmata. Fakakta outfit. She's yeah. Like, oh, my mom. My my mom always tells me she's like, you where where where'd you get those schmatas from? I wouldn't give those to my cleaning lady. Yeah. <laughs> I know some people are. Just, that would drive me insane though if I felt like I couldn't be comfortable and casual. Yeah. Oh and no. Your mom did. Your parents divorced. No, they were together the whole time. They were together. And has whole she ever time. remarried? No. Does she date? No. I don't know who She's could date Michigan? my fucking mother. Or yeah. Detroit. She's in Mich- in Detroit. Yeah. In Michigan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. This is sorry. Yeah. That was slow. Um, but there really is a difference between Michigan and Detroit. I, that's kind of, I'm glad yeah, you, I understand. Yeah. So you get back together with uh, your boyfriend. So I got back together with the guy. So And you want to be a mom. And I want to be a mom. Yeah. He's just, you know, first time we broke up, not ready to be in a relationship, didn't think I'd make a good mom. And then we like, you know, kept in touch while we were broken up. And then he was like, I just like, you know, there's just, you know, something about you. I just really like, like you and miss you and blah, blah, blah. And we got back together and he just still wasn't ready to be in a relationship. And then we broke up for like four months. And then he, over that, that time. That was the four months that were brutal. Bru- brutal. I mean, I mean, we were talking yeah, I power was, of now, hypnotherapy, everything. Meetings. I was doing everything. I was doing all the things. And I was just like, I can't shake him. Yeah. I just couldn't shake him. And is that because of him or because of some story you told yourself? I didn't know. I wasn't sure. That's the thing. Because I was like, I was like, I felt like I didn't get a real chance. Because I felt like the whole time he and I were together, he was still like processing this breakup. And like, I, it's not like I was like, oh, he's still into her. Like, I just think he was like really fucked up from like the yeah, the he, ending of it. He you has know? to move through that. Yeah. And he needed to like process that. And I just felt like I didn't get a fair shake. To even know if he was the one or not, you know. And I now was like, you're figuring I just had that a re- out. And now I'm figuring that out. I just always had a really good feeling about him. I've never been able to like connect with someone the way I'm able to connect with him. Talk. I mean, I we we all can talk levels. all the levels. Like he and I can talk for fucking hours, and I mean hours and hours and Who hours. Can't talk to you for hours. That is true. That is true. But I don't. I'm. It's not. I can't easily talk to most men. Okay. Fair. But you are someone who I've said this to you last time you're on the yeah. show. I'm like you. I, I could talk to you for. I could talk to you for days. I mean, how I the- could talk to you in a way that I can talk to very few people. So, like I can't even remember who I was with, and then I was like, yeah, I was. I'm like, I'm going to do Ali's podcast, and they're like, oh, Ali's so great. Like that's probably such a fun podcast, and I'm like, so fun. I was like, but I just feel like you in my life are one of those people where like I can talk to you, like with this guy that I can talk to you in a way that I could like you're like a sister I know and like a best friend and like some I feel like I've known you for 700 lifetimes is that a Jewish thing it, I think it's part of Jewish thing I think it's I, I think there's levels for us I think there's comedian Jewish woman you're gay I'm probably gay um <laughs> I mean, there's the implicit understanding because I do have that thing where like We've hung out a handful of times, but yeah. I feel like we've known each other years and years. If yeah. I call you, you'd yeah. pick up. Yeah, no like, matter what. It, it, it does yeah. have that sense. Like yeah. any person you meet where the, there's that texture of like knowing, yeah. it just, you feel safe and connected and yeah. it feels really great. And the sex is amazing. The sex, it's phenomenal, you guys. Phenomenal. So does this guy want to be a dad one day, you think? He wants to be a dad. Okay, so now dad. we're kind of in... We're... I mean, we haven't had the. I mean, we haven't had the talk of like, do we want to have kids together? Like, I know he wants a kid. I want a kid. I mean, like, listen, like, I'm. I. It's gonna be a kid. Like, I'm not. I can't. I don't think I've. I don't think I got two in the chamber. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> I. Uh, I also. And you like, want to carry? I would love to. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um. And you know, it's like I went to the doctor. You know, I'm still fertile. Yes. So there's that. Um. A freezing eggs at this point. The doctor's like. What's freeze- the point? Just what's get. The point? He's like. He's like. 
He's like, he's like, if you're going to freeze anything, freeze an embryo. He's like, totally. eggs don't, eggs don't last. He's like, unless you're 32 and freezing your eggs, there's, he's like, that's eh, kind of like freeze an embryo. Like f- embryos can survive the thaw, the thaw better than an egg can. Yeah. And then at least the embryo, you're like, I'm going to have a second kid. Yeah. As opposed to like, I'm going to freeze an egg and then I got to find the dad for it. Da, 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 yeah, da, yeah. Da. Right. Because then they have to do the multiple. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's really. It's unbelievable. And it is so expensive. I know. Who it are you doing so it with? Kind expensive. Body? I'm not doing it with anyone. I'm, I, oh, that's I, right. I, that's I, right. I decided not to. But um, but my neighbor, her sister um, is a. Uh, is someone relatively famous. She's a news anchor. Okay. Um, And she she makes very good money. Mm -hmm. Her and her husband went through um, four or five rounds of IVF to get pregnant. None of them took. They then went through one surrogate. The surrogate lost the baby. They had one embryo left. One embryo left. They put it in a surrogate and it worked. Oh, my God. And they just had a kid. And could she have done another round of egg retrieval or no? no? Nope. She was done. She was past the point of egg retrieval. Okay. So, yes, that would have been like a mourning process around I'm not having a biological child. But yeah. if they wanted to have a kid, they still could have had a kid. A thousand percent. But they really wanted to have a biological totally. kid. Totally. And, like, I get that. I'm not attached to the biological aspect of things. Like, I would I would get an egg. I could easily get an egg and be and be right happy with that. Oh, so this is the other thing I was going to ask you because you were you know like our dads seeing themselves in us mm-hmm. and you saying you're not attached to the biological kid. Do you think for any of this like is it a part of having a like a mini Nicole? Because when I think about that, I'm like I don't want to see a mini Allie because I know she's in so much pain. <laughs> like I don't. That's really that's really like sad and deep. Like do you do you ever do like um. Do you ever talk to like baby like young Allie? I've talked to her a bunch. I talked yeah. to her, but I just to be me, it's like I don't think, wow, look how kind of happy and different you are. I think like it's an interesting load to carry and I look, I don't I have I, thank God I have Do you know you're parents. special? What? Do you know you're a special person? I do know I'm a special person. Like do you know that you're like a very unique, one of a kind human being? Um Sometimes I'm more connected to that. Do you know that that is something that people love about you? Is that you're a one of a kind human being? Maybe, maybe I know that at times. Do you know that people love you? Yeah, I know that people love me. Do you? Are you able to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I love myself? Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. What do you love about yourself when you think about what you love about yourself? <laughs> oh, God, I want to kill you. I... Love that I, I love that I can have conversations like this mm-hmm. with people. That my energy facilitates conversations like this. Mm-hmm. Like when I, I like feeling connected to people. I like, uh, I love that I'm funny. Mm-hmm. I love that I love the way I think about things. I love how emotionally connected I feel to the world. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think as like a human being? What do you think you're? Like in in being human, what do you think one of the things you're best at in being human? That I'm deeply, deeply in, intuitive. Yeah. Do you trust your intuition completely? Yeah. Like I, it will never lead me astray, and yeah. I always hear it. Yeah. So it in that yeah, I do love myself. There's just sometimes it's just harder to sit with pain, and I look for relief in different things, like mm-hmm. we like how we started this. Yeah. Like you know, uh, you know. 
it, right because it's like I love myself then why is that, why am I so scared to sit with myself yeah and just be when with you me? when you're unable to sit with yourself what do you find yourself doing fucking or smoking pot yeah pretty much Instagram anything that we use to tap out that I use to tap out so I was just talking about this with the guy that I'm seeing the concept of being bored right the concept of like just having to sit with a moment that you might not necessarily want to be in right and using something to distract yourself and that's what phones have ultimately become phones have distra- phones have created an opportunity for us to never be bored mm-hmm. to never have to sit with anything mm-hmm. be it you know anxiety depression nothing sitting with emotions like when we were kids and we got grounded what the fuck were we doing up there i have no fucking idea but i, I remember i remember i remember getting grounded and i didn't care my mom would be like, go to your room. I no TV, cared. no nothing. I never cared. Neither did I. Never fucking cared. Now, if I you told me I had to life. go to my room with nothing, nothing to do. No TV, no phone, no computer, no nothing. All I had to do was like a book. I mean, I probably would be okay if I'm being honest. If me I just too. reading a book, I'd, but, I'd be fine. But I understand the instinct. But the concept of like sitting with boredom, sitting with discomfort, you know, you do you know how do you know how um uh like muscle works and how bone works? You break it down to build it up. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the same thing with our minds. Like sitting with discomfort in our minds will only make us stronger. It will only build up our minds. Yes, how much we can tolerate. How much we can tolerate. And I also think this thing with boredom, this mm-hmm. idea that like we've coupled boredom with basically like if you're bored in a relationship, if you're bored at work, if you're bored at home. It becomes now this is a threat and it's a bad thing yeah. to be bored in a yeah. relationship. Yeah. When in reality, that's a natural part of life. Yeah. Is to, not every moment is meant to blow your fucking socks off. Yeah. But our phones have conditioned us so that we're constantly being stimulated mm-hmm. and we're bouncing from one thought to the next. So the idea of just sitting in presence and, and it's like, the, I mean, now we'll go very philosophical with it because we've been reading Power of Now mm-hmm. um, and all of this stuff about being present. It's just there's never like... It's like when people are like, I'm okay. It's like, I'm okay being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's never going to be a, situ- a situation I set up for myself in my life where I don't experience discomfort or yeah. pain. My life is filled with pain. My life is filled with discomfort and constant change. Mm-hmm. So it's about my ability to tolerate it mm-hmm. and navigate that yeah. as easily as I can. Yeah. That's it. To go through it. Go through it. Move through it. I will never be at a point in my life, and I used to think this, I'll have this job and I'll have this house and I'll have this person and things will be good. It'll ne- Nothing's ever going to be good. Stop Stop thinking things will be good and just, just be in the moment now and that moment will be good. Right. You can't assure that a future moment's going to be good. Yeah, because if I think about this conversation, it's enjoyable. Uh-huh. I love you. Uh-huh. Great. This is life. Yeah. This is the most this important is like, this moment, is moment in my life. Uh, yes, right now. Because this is the only it. fucking point. That's, that's all you have. That's, this is it. This is, this is, that's all. Right. So what the fuck is the point of the future tripping? There's nothing to There's it. There's nothing. The, a friend of mine, he's married, uh, and he, the, he absolutely loves his wife more than anything in the world. And he has two kids. And he's like, Nicole... You know, I when I was going through my breakup, I was talking to him a lot. And he was like, he's like, ultimately, he's like, whoever you end up with, he's like, you have to find someone who you're going to go through all parts of life with. Good, bad, boring. He's like, find someone you want to be bored with. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, oh, that's such like a beautiful sentiment. Like, who do I want to be bored with? And mm-hmm. I told the guy about it. I told the guy what my friend had said. And I was like, you know, I was like, I feel like I feel like I could be bored with you. Mm-hmm. Like I could I could weather the board storm with you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he's like, that's the thing. He's like, I don't think you and I would ever be bored. He's like, I don't think you and I will ever run out of something to talk about. Yeah. He's like, we, you and I can just, he and I can just talk. We can just talk and talk and talk. And it's like, I don't know. It's like another friend said this thing once and he's like, find someone who, who is the best partner in every room in the house. Who is the best person for you in every room in the house? Right. In the kitchen, in the bedroom, in the kitchen, in the, in the bedroom, in the office, you know, in the living room, in the basement, in the attic, yeah. in the backyard. Yeah. In the tool shed. Like, who's who's the best person? But fuck, then we're doing this whole thing where it's like, is there really one person who will be the best in every room? Get close. Get Some a... person who you enjoy in every room. Right. I was saying One person my... doesn't need to be your everything, though. I know. I know. But, you know, I think about I've dated people where the connection, emotional connection, is so there. And then the other leg of the relationship falls. And it's like, I could be bored with you, but I can't even fuck you. Yeah. Well, then don't do it then. I know. I think sex is a very important part of a relationship. Oh, I mean. No question about it. Like one of the most important. It's like what cements the connection. Yeah. You're we're animals. We are humans who think and we have brains. But like we are animals. Animals have sex. That's what we do. Right. Right. I mean, to be able to return to this place. Yeah. You're a monogamy. Girl. Yeah, I mean, I'm monogamy gal. Yeah, I'm monogamy gal. I'm like, I'm long term monogamy for sure. You yeah, know? but it's the sort of thing where it's like, listen, if you have a, an itch that needs scratching, and I'm not scratching it for you, you go find that. But you make sure she's a fucking professional. <laughs> what does that mean? So the guy that I'm with, I was like, you know, we were talking once about like, he's like, he's like, you know, you know, having a threesome, and I was like, all right, cool, like, let's go to Vegas, baby. Yeah. And he's like, you don't want to just find someone? I was like, you think I'm just going to get my fucking pussy eaten by just a regular gal? So are you going to go to Vegas? I was like, no, no, no. If I'm getting my pussy eaten by someone, I'm going to make sure she's a fucking pro. Tramp. Yeah. I want her to get in there like a like a splunker. Okay. <laughs> like I want a headlamp. I want gear. I want her to repel in there. Okay. Yeah. So... And so, yeah, no, as we, I mean, you know, this is something Someone we like talking about. Indiana Jones in Yeah, yeah, now. please. This is, the, this is the temple of fucking doom, okay? <laughs> fucking figure it out. Open that. Grab that sandbag and run. <laughs> so, so, so are you going to Vegas? I mean, you know, it's like the sort of thing where the next time I do a, next time I do a week at the cellar in Vegas, I'll be like, come to Vegas. We'll do it. We'll do I it all in I can't there. wait to hear about that. Nicole, yeah. I love you. I love you. Thank you for coming back on the show. I'll come back on the show anytime. I mean... When it, uh, we haven't the next recording we do won't be in on the west side. Okay, great. By the way, be, the the schlep I know. from the east side to the west side. You live on the far east side. I live. I'm at, I'm I'm the guy I'm with is like very far east. Where Pasadena area. It's that's not atrocious. He doesn't live in L.A. I mean, it's really far. But here's the thing. Hey, the the schlep. If you're in the middle of the day, that's fine. The only day that's never fine at any point is Friday on the West Side. You should never schedule people on on for Friday podcasts. Well, you're re- referencing yourself. I'm referencing myself, but I'm just saying like. But people will do it in the morning, and not everyone's coming from that far. Away. Yeah, 
When people uh, are coming from WeHo, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, my place, I'm like Los Feliz if I'm not it's at my guy's far. place. It's yeah. very far. But but the but Friday afternoon traffic going right. from east to west is easily. I was happy you canceled. The worst traffic there has ever been. I'm glad that we. Saved I wish you from that, that upon no one. Okay, I'm glad yeah. we saved you from that. Yeah. And I'm I'm sorry for scheduling you like that. I mean. I because the last time we had done it, we were in West Hollywood. I know. And then I went back and looked at it. I was like, oh, she didn't say West Hollywood. Yeah. I was like, shit. And then I know you're a West Side gal. N- and not I was for like, long. Where are you moving to? I have to find something. Where I don't. Do you I don't. I think I'll be in the West Hollywood area, so that's mm. still West. But mm. I don't. I don't think I'll be this far. Yeah. Because it's it's very alienating. Yeah. I mean, I really but do I like it over this. here. It, it's it's amazing over here. It really it's is so cool and fun. It's way better. I gotta be honest. I fucking love Pasadena. I mean, don't go to Pasadena. It's very far east, but yeah. it is fantastic. I do also really like Highland Park. Lisa Traeger's in Highland Park, and I just like cannot get enough of it. Really? Like I went to visit her once, and we walked around, and I was like, "This is fucking great." We got bagels and coffee. Wow. Okay, I have yeah. to spend time over there. Yeah. Um, t- tell people you have shows coming up, or where they can follow you. I mean, f- just follow me. I I post, I'll tag you. It's uh, at Nicole Amy. I'm on all the things. Um, She's everywhere. I'm at the comedy store all the time. I'm doing. Oh, this is so funny. I'm gonna be in Miami. I'm doing. Um, it's a. It's a fundraiser for um, Hillel in Miami. Oh, my God. I'm doing their show. They have a yearly show called Rosh Ha Ha Ha. <laughs> so if you're a Jew and you're in Miami and you want to come out to the Hillel in Miami, it's uh, Rosh Ha Ha Ha. Rosh Ha Ha Ha. So Nicole. come out to that. Yeah. We love you. All right. I love you. Yeah.